Welcome to TPQ20, where we go beyond the page with poets about passions, process, pitfalls, and poetry. I'm Courtney Marglin. And I'm Chris Marglin. Let's expand the conversation. Hey. It was like right as it was opening. <laughs> That's all right. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing all right. We'll go ahead and get started. Uh, we always like to start things off by saying that, you know, we know who you are. Uh, I feel like I feel like we've known you for quite a few years at this point. Um, so it's good to finally virtually meet you. Uh, but our audience may be new to you. Um, and we would love for uh, for them to get to know you a little bit better. So if you were to give kind of your, you know, your elevator pitch of who you are, uh, who are you? Uh, Courtney LeBlanc, that's my name. Um, I am a poet, feminist, writer, dog mom, um, hiker, and lover of things outdoors. I have two collections of poetry. Um, my third one is forthcoming next year, and I'm also the founder and editor-in-chief of Riot in Your Throat, which is an independent poetry press. Awesome. I think that's a pretty good elevator pitch. Um, you have been quite busy the last couple of years, especially with Riot in Your Throat. Um, and congratulations on, on such a wonderful start to a, a new press. Thank you. Uh, it's uh, you are you are kind of you kind of came out with a bang and uh, have had some really, really good, good books right out of the gate. Um, so well, well done on that. Um, and that kind of leads us naturally into the idea of, of passions. Um, of course, we want to know about your passions when it comes to the world of literature and everything. But um, also, you know, who are you outside of the world of literature? You said you like to hike and you're a dog mom. Um, what are those passions that you find uh, maybe work themselves into your poetry as well? Um, well, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, it sounds maybe cheesy or cliche, but like everything in your life makes its way into your writing for me personally. Um, but um, I do spend a lot of time, I have two dogs. Um, they're both 50 pound monsters of love. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we hike every day because they're really, um, they really have a lot of energy. And so I, I find solace in nature. I don't write a ton about nature um, or, or not nature specifically, but it's found its way into my poems recently talking about my dad died um, a year and a half ago. And I've written a lot about that. And nature has kind of helped heal me a little bit. Um, he was a farmer, so he spent essentially his whole life outside. Um, and I think that's kind of come into my writing more and dealing with the pandemic um, that is sort of never ending. Hiking and being in a park was something I could safely do either alone or with a friend. And um, so it's really become, it's something I always loved, but in the past, you know, two and a half years or whatever we're at now, it has become such a grounding um thing in my life and also a, a place where I can feel like I'm not alone and just seeing the same four walls and you know I can be comfortable being maskless since I'm fully vaxxed and stuff you know so for me that comes into my writing a lot I pre-pandemic used to travel a lot for my job um, and that used to come into my writing because just being in new places can really you know generate new work and stuff so absolutely 
you know, it's, it's kind of, I like when that stuff comes into my writing. It's nice. Yeah. Well then if we kind of shift that, then when it comes to your passions inside the world of poetry and literature at large, um, you're passionate enough to have started a press. Uh, so, or crazy enough at least to have started a press, uh, <laughs> you know, both. Um, you know, what are your passions in the world of poetry and literature? What, what really does get you excited? What, you know, when, you know, when you're reading something or especially when a submission is coming in, what are those things that are truly jumping off the page? What is just, just making you say, I want this and I need, and, you know, I need to put this out now. Um, for me lately, I mean, we've done two open submission, reading submission periods, um, and I've been wildly happy with what we've gotten. And with each of the books that we've chosen, I can tell you that within the first one or two poems, I'm immediately hooked. Um, you know, so it's obviously an entire collection is important, but for me, those first couple poems and they usually they're very strong and very, they're not subtle poems, right? Um, the newest collection that's coming out in on May 1st, so a little over a month, her first poem is titled um, To the Student Who Asked Why I Started Writing Poetry in My 40s. And I was like, oh, oh, let me. And then the next one is about when Mattel made a Barbie doll um, of a... Uh, first female astronaut whose name I just blanked on which is oh, embarrassing yes. um but when Mattel made her Barbie doll they thought it was important that she be given a makeup bag um because <laughs> clearly that's what an astronaut needs and so poems that talk about like women's issues um are really it, I connect with them really strongly and so poems like that um really just call out to me and I just makes me want to just keep reading and keep reading and thus far I think all the books we've published have been a really strong representative of you know strong feminist voices and that's for me that's what I really really love to read. Awesome absolutely fantastic um was there a was there a I know for me with the poetry question there was definitely like a point where it was time to I I had a couple books I really liked the authors um, and I wanted to put out a call and see what I got. And there was a point where I knew that I had to make the shift to putting out a book. Um, you know, I had to put somebody else's work out into the world. And now we're four books, you know, almost four books deep. Uh, and, you know, was there a, a book or a poem or a person who said, you know, you can do it? Or was there a poem that said, I have to, I have to make this into a press and I have to put out their work? Is there somebody who was that influential or inspirational? It, it wasn't, it wasn't a person. Um, it was more the idea of, so in addition to having a poetry background, I have an MFA, I also have an MBA, um, okay. which is very weird for a, a poet, but I got- Oh my God, that's so, that's so helpful though. <laughs> it is. Well, and so I got my undergrad and then my first grad degree was in business. Um, honestly, because I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up and I thought it was something safe where I could be very easily employed, um, which I was right. Um, and then later pursued the MFA when I had a little more money and could afford it and also was ready for it, you know. But with those two backgrounds, um, I realized that there's so much good poetry out there, right? And there's never enough presses. Presses constantly have to turn down. And you know, you're, you publish where you get some that you're like, this is really good. 
but either it's not quite there or I just, I can only do three collections this year and I have to say no. And I also knew the kind of poetry I read and loved. And because I have the business side, I thought I could do this really well. Like I could figure it out. And thankfully I have several friends who um, work with other presses. And so I started picking their brains, right? Like, how do you do this? Who does your printing? Who does your graphic design? Like, how do you actually, what is the business behind it? I can do the poetry stuff. And, and so when I finally decided to do it, um, I reached out to a few select poets that I knew and loved and asked if they had a manuscript that they might be looking for you know, shopping for a home. Um, one woman said she didn't have a manuscript. Another person was already working with an agent, which is super amazing. Um, and then a good friend of mine, another poet named um, Shuli Kaywood, who I had talked to about the press and she was one of my sounding boards, sent me an email and said, I have a poet friend. I've read an earlier version of her manuscript. I really think it's a good fit for you. Would you like an introduction? I was like, yeah, sure. And that's how I met Melissa Fight Johnson and her book Green is the first we published. And I, I introduced myself and I explained, look, I'm a brand new press. So understand like I am learning as I go, but I'd love to read your manuscript. She sends it to me. Um, I spent all day working and being very annoyed that I had to do work because I just wanted <laughs> to sit down and read poetry. And so I finally finished up for the day. And I remember it was um, November. So I had a fire going in my fireplace. I'm sitting with my laptop reading. And as I'm reading, I'm thinking, oh, oh, this is, oh, oh, oh. And I read the whole <laughs> thing that night. And at like 10 p.m., I sent her an email and said something to the effect of, at the risk of sounding like an overeager teenager, I read your manuscript in one sitting. I absolutely love it. I would love to publish you. Are you interested? And then I promptly put my phone away and went to bed because I didn't <laughs> want to sit and frantically, you know, wait for a response. And I didn't even think about the fact where she lives in Kansas. So we're in different time zones. So I sent it at 10.30. That's like 8.30 p.m. her time. So she thought and responded that night. But because I was determined not to, you know, be anxious, uh, I didn't see her response till the next morning. Um, but that's how I got the first book. And then I did open submissions and it went from there. And it's been, it's been really great to see submissions coming in and to have the poets I've worked with recommend art, the press. Like to me, that is the highest praise to know that what I'm doing is resonating. And, you know, I wanted, I want to be supportive of my poets. So I, I, I hustle a lot for them. And I think that the, the poets I've worked with thus far, I think, I think they're happy they went with me, at least I hope they are, <laughs> because I've been obsessed with all of them. Um, and so, you know, it's- That's awesome. Yeah, it it's is it's it's fun like we don't I don't talk to we don't talk to a lot of you know a lot of editors on here and so it's fun once in a while to like you know know that that back end like it's a it's it's not easy none of us think that this is like an easy thing and it's what I think is so one of the things that always I don't know how I feel about it yet having only put out you know a couple of calls so far uh the ones that you turn down that end up going elsewhere. Mm -hmm. um, 
And then, you know, because there, there are definitely some that that we, you know, we overlooked last time around and they've now come out and it's like, oh my God, this, yeah. what an epic, and you're right, because you just don't have room for it. It wasn't yeah. that it wasn't brilliant. It was that whatever it was, you know, it just took a little bit, a little bit more this way than this way. Yeah. Um, and then- you know, I, I wish I had an unlimited budget. I wish I did this full time, but right. I mean, I'm still losing money, which is, which is like, I, I joke about it, but like, I, I did a business plan even before I started all this and I planned on several years of losing money. I'm fortunate that in my day job, I make enough that I can, I can support the press. Right. Um, but yeah, like there's just so, there's so much out there and you just, you want to see, I won't say all of it published because I've gotten some. <laughs> yes <laughs> you definitely you definitely get the the um you know and it's subjective it's exactly exactly but there is definitely some where I kind of want to say do you know the kind of press you're submitting to yes. I got one that was very <laughs> graphic from mm. a gentleman poet right and uh, it was not the kind of poetry that I personally enjoy reading. It didn't, um, it didn't go along with the, the feminist. Uh, the feminist. Not so much. Of, not so much. It was, uh, <laughs> but you know, I was like, there's probably a press out there that wants it. It's just, it's not me. It's not yeah. a, a press that I'm going to, it's not a, it's not a book that I'm going to like really just love and want to get behind. And that's what I want with every book as you do too. I'm sure like you want to, you want to be able to like be an honest and excited cheerleader yes. and yeah. Yeah. Well, and then I guess to kind of switch back to, you know, the writing portion for you, what is your process when it comes to writing your, your poetry? Do you, you know, are you someone who has rituals or follows superstitions? Do you light 14 candles behind you and have to have, you know, three different sticks (laughs) of incense going? What is Uh, that? What is your, what is your process? Thankfully, I'm not superstitious. Um, My, my best friend of 20 some years uh, when we were younger was quite not superstitious, but she had these weird, you know, like the old wives tales things. And I was, ah, God, she drove me insane with some of them, <laughs> but <laughs> no, for me, um, I don't have a, I try to write. I don't think you have to write every day to be a writer. I think that that's such a fallacy. And I think that that makes people feel bad if they don't have that kind of routine. And, and I don't, I write a lot. Um, what I found for me is really good is there are a couple writing workshops that I regularly attend and they sort of keep me writing and then I exchange poetry. I still have a critique group that I work with. It's formed from my MFA cohort, cohort, but every month we exchange poems. There's five of us and constantly seeing other people's writing and critiquing it and giving them feedback and getting feedback on my own stuff kind of just keeps it fresh. I also read a lot. I read over 300 books a year. And while all of that's not poetry, um, I just think keeping sentences in your brain is so important and keeping engaged. And I like discovering new writers. I like many people who order books from the internet. Um, and, and I try to I try to specifically order directly from the press. I forget yeah. that I've ordered them. And so I'll just get a magic surprise one day in the mail. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't remember ordering this book. I'm so excited. Or I forget I ordered it. So then I order a second. And then I have two, which is kind of great because then I have a copy, oh. to get, um, which has happened at least, I don't know, a half dozen times. Because That's awesome. <laughs> there's, a, there's a great um, 
uh, article Nick Hornby uh, wrote, I uh, used to write a column for The Believer uh, called The Polysyllabic Spree, where he talked about how he would buy an infinite number of books every month and he would read like 12. <laughs> and so each, you know, each would be kind of what was the stack he bought and then trying to catch up. And he kept this column going for years. And it's brilliant. Oh, I love but it. I always, I always think, you know, as, especially as, as a review site, I, I get way too many books. So my, <laughs> I, my, my, my shelves are a little stacked. Uh, that's why I started asking for only PDFs lately. Cause it's crazy. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a whirlwind. Um, what do you think are those pitfalls? And you're obviously, you know, you, you've been around in different, in different variations of the writing world, um, you know, in the MFA program, a writer on your own, uh, you know, and now, you know, a, a press runner. What do you, what do you think are those pitfalls that you've run into and, you know, how did you overcome them or have you overcome them at all? Um, I mean, I think one of the pitfalls that most of us at some point deal with is imposter syndrome, right? Like feeling like what I'm saying isn't important or it's not good enough. And that I think comes, it never goes away completely or, or it hasn't for me, maybe it does for some, but I think having people or hearing people respond to your work and say they loved it or you know, especially if it's a stranger and they reach out and say, I read your poem today and I, you know, it, it made me cry or it made me laugh or it reminded me of whatever is, reminds me that I, what I have to say is important and, you know, like people hopefully connect with it. Um, another pitfall, I think, is a lot of people compare themselves to other poets. You know, this poet won an award and this poet got their book published and this poet did that. And thankfully, I don't really do that. Instead, I look at it and say, oh my God, this person got their book published and oh my God, they won this award. And, you know, it, it's not pie, right? Like yeah. you getting an award doesn't mean I'm less of a poet. It means that yeah. you got an award and that is amazing. And I would, I try to work hard to lift other writers up, um, you know, but I, I think, it can be hard. Social media can be nasty. Um, Twitter well, is can, Yeah, Twitter exhausting. can make you feel, well, can it make you feel too like it's our peer group who are winning these awards and doing all these big things. And sometimes I think people get caught up in the, since we interact on Twitter, um, it puts us in either, you know, the same level of whatever. You know, if you're, I'm, you know, if you're 40 and you're just starting to publish, um, but you're in a peer group of 40 year olds who have been publishing for years. Right. It's not the same thing. Right. Um, there's the, there, you know, everybody has a very different trajectory. And, and I think social media makes it feel like, um, like we're all vying for the exact same stuff at the exact same time on the exact same level. Yes. And it's, I worked with Ada Lamone in my MFA program and she is an amazing, beautiful, fantastic person and poet. We get to talk to her in about a week and a half. Oh, lovely, <laughs> lovely. Well, I remember um, I was talking to her very early on. It was probably my first residency. And she said, you know, she went to school and then she went right and got her MFA. Um, and, and then she worked in, I think some publishing related capacity in New York for about I think until her early thirties. And then she got two books picked up within like the same, 
year or very, very close together. And at the time I was already in my late thirties and just starting my MFA program. Um, but what I realized is like, that was okay because it's not, we're all, even though she and I, I think we're the same age. Um, you know, we have different, like you said, different trajectories and I spent my twenties working and cultivating a career that's very different, but it meant that for me, when I came to poetry in a really serious way, I had the energy, the space, the money, and I was in a different place, like emotionally and mentally, mm -hmm. where I could really dedicate myself to the writing, where if I had personally gone and got my MFA in my 20s, I don't think I don't think I would have dedicated myself to it in the same way. And so Whoa. I don't think that, like, I don't compare myself to Ada. I mean, she was nominated for like the National Book Award. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but do I think she's amazing? And like that her writing is phenomenal. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Everybody run out and buy Bright Dead Things. Like that's one of yeah. my favorite books. Um, you know, and every time I hear about a success for her, like, super excited I'm just not going to compare myself to her or or no. I try not to you know sometimes it's hard not to but <laughs> really a win for her is still a win for me because I can be like I, I know her like exactly you know. there you go <laughs> it's one well, it's and that's the fun part too like I mean I you know a lot of the people a lot of the people that I find myself kind of talking to in this poetry world are like you know 28 to 34 35 and and I think it's such a, you know, there's such a cool young group coming up right now, but young doesn't necessarily mean 18, although there are amazing like 18 year old yeah. poets coming up, but like, it's a really cool movement right now. And you're watching kind of this poetry cohort move through the ranks and it's kind of nice and it's, it feels yeah. good for, it feels good to kind of to watch that happen. Yeah, and um, to know that like it's not poetry is not dying, right? Like, no. I think it's so vibrant now, and I think that so many more people are coming to it than perhaps they ever have, and or at least that seems that way to me. And I think that that's just oh, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, no, I think it's a it is a really really good time for to to be a poet. Um, and there's a the the, well, the power of poetry is a is a real thing and uh, you know i think it's very alive and well right now um and very obvious right now which yeah, is i think nice. so um and that kind of takes us toward the end here with you know what are you excited about right now that's coming out uh from from others around you and then what do you have coming out from either uh, on your own or from uh from right in your throat Sorry, my husband snuck into the back to say hello to the dog, so I had to hide him. That's all right. Um, I don't, uh, I have a couple of books. I just got um, Subtext by Dan Brady, and I'm super excited. I haven't, I literally just got it a couple of days ago. I haven't read it, but I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm mostly excited about AWP later this week because it means I get to troll the book fair. Yes. And because I'm driving this year, I essentially have no limits on the books I'm going to buy. Um, the last one I went to was in Portland, Oregon, and I think I bought 12 or 15 books, which considering I had to put them in my suitcase, I felt that that was a reasonable. And we just, we just, see, we had a car at that one because we just drove them right home. 
So See, poorly, you, poorly made it easy. It's that's you. You are you are lucking out for this one because I'm you will so have excited. a chunk and a half full of books. Yeah, because uh, I think um, you know I'm just gonna I'm gonna go and buy all the books that because I've been kind I've I've been trying to control myself for the last month or so to be honest <laughs> because I didn't want to order too yeah. many because I knew I was going and because a if the poets are there, then they can find the book, which for me is even better yes. because I thought about, I'm going to bring a couple books that I want signed by some particular poets, but I was like, I can't, I can't bring all the books to have them signed. <laughs> like I have to bring books for the press too. So I'm, you know, I'm hauling up like 250 books, which is a lot. And then yeah. my trunk is only so big. So like, I gotta, I gotta be careful with it. <laughs> but hopefully you'll sell out of all 250 books that you're taking. So you won't have to worry about any of those coming back with you. That would be glorious. For so many reasons, that would be glorious. Yes. Um, but yeah, I am really excited, honestly, just to go and be surrounded by people. And then, honestly, to buy a lot of books. <laughs> awesome. What is, uh, what's coming out for you? Uh, what can we look forward to from Right in Your Throat? Um, the newest book, uh, Somewhere a Woman Lowers the Hem of Her Skirt, uh, by Lori Ratchkis-Gudich comes out May 1st. Um, it's really, just a really, really intense, amazing book of poetry about being a woman, escaping the Midwest, politics, raising sons, you know, um, survival, and it's just, it's really, really good. Um, and then later in the year, we have a, a book called Dispatches from Frontier Schools by Sarah Beto. And it's it's a collection of prose poems that she taught at a um, underfunded school up in, I think it was in Harlem or Queens. Um, and it's about that, but also about being a woman, being a mother, not being able to be everything to everyone. And it's really, really, um, really awesome. And, and most importantly, everyone should know this, we're opening for submissions for the month of April. Oh, National Poetry nice. Month, open up for submissions. So I'm really excited to see what we get. Um, and then that will hopefully kind of fill out the end of the year, beginning of, of 2023 to kind of balance the publication schedule that we that I'm trying to like figure out you, you tweak it as you go right like you learn yes, you do. and uh so I'm really excited about the books the two we have coming out this year and then just to see what we get and what where we go from there so awesome well thank you so much for hanging out on TPQ20 today uh, I really look forward to seeing what uh, what comes from right in your throat. And I look forward to uh, hearing about your haul from uh, from AWP this year. So, uh, and then next year in Seattle, we will, we will meet. Uh, I will be there. I'll, I'll pack an extra empty bag for my books. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Have a great rest of the evening and enjoy AWP. Thank you, too. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to TPQ20. Please like, review, and subscribe.